Welcome to Rethinking Youth Ministry, a podcast from the Orange Students team. Our mission is to help you, the youth leader, influence the next generation. And we do that through this podcast, other resources, and our weekly curriculum, XP3. If you'd like to learn more, check out orangestudents.com. But for now, let's get started with this week's episode. I am super excited this week to be joined by Crystal Chang. Hey there. Tom Chef Shunis. Hey, everybody. Who we usually refer to as Chef. And our buddy George Lynn. What's up? George. And so we are fresh into season three. That mm-hmm. seems kind of weird. But here we are in season three. So in case we've got some new folks that are jumping in with us, I would love for you guys to talk a little bit about who you are and what you're doing sitting around this table. So Crystal, who are you? What do you do here? I have no idea how to answer <laughs> that question. All right, we'll move, we'll move to Tom then. No, I lead the student strategy teams here at Orange, um, meaning we, we do a lot of things, but one of them, like you mentioned in the intro, is a weekly student curriculum called XP3. We have a middle school and a high school version of that, and mm-hmm. I get to work with those teams all the time. Awesome. Thomas Shunis. Hey, everybody. I'm Chef, been a teacher and a coach and a high school principal in my previous life, then did 13 years of student ministry at North Point Ministries, joined the Orange team, did what Crystal was doing for a little bit, and now I am heading up uh, Youth Specialties. Woo! Yeah, Ooh, mouthful, yeah. And when you say youth specialties, some people might know it by a particular event name. Yeah, the National Youth Workers Convention. Which yeah. we're so excited about. Which yeah. is when? That is in November, always the weekend before Thanksgiving. Tampa. Also Tampa, so Florida. Get away from yeah. the northern states if you're getting the cold around then and yeah. join us in Tampa. We should for put a, week a discount fun. code in the show notes. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, let's do that. All right. Nice. And George, this is your first time it on is. the podcast. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am currently a consultant in the marketplace, but right before that, I was a youth pastor for about seven years at a multi-site church in Orlando. It was a lot of fun. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So George, you got $100 in your pocket, no responsibilities. No your families, Your family's out of town. It's just you, an open day, and $100 burning a hole. What do you do? It sounds like I'm eating a lot of food. <laughs> <laughs> what what is your main food that you would make sure that you got plenty of? Oh, um, I think there's a steak restaurant called Chops. I nice. heard right. they have a pretty awesome tomahawk. So, what's a tomahawk? That's a giant piece of meat that <gasps> is way too much for any given living person. They usually just stick a knife right down the middle through it, and it just sticks up. Um, really great. Do you get your picture taken and put on the wall if you eat it all? <laughs> If I'm still alive. (laughs) There's only one. Yeah. Awesome. Today, we're going to be talking about this idea of how we can increase student attendance frequency in youth ministry, which I know attendance isn't everything. When we talk about numbers, we all know attendance isn't everything, but it's it's still something that matters. It might not even be the most helpful metric sometimes for us to really measure, right. are we healthy? Are we growing? But it, it matters in ways, and sometimes to our leadership, it's one of the main things that they really care about. So it has to be something that in some ways we care about or we're ready to have conversations about. And so today we're going to be talking about this idea of how do we get students to attend more frequently? Because as we know, well, let's do this. What are the stats that you feel like you hear when it comes to student attendance and youth ministry? I feel like I hear all the time that students are there statistically half the time, and those are the good students. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I hear a lot of people talking about attendance and I always ask, do you, I mean, how many are on your roster versus how many are coming on a Mm -hmm. Sunday? That's a really important question. What I find is that most people don't know 
actually what their active roster mm. is. So most people don't know how to answer that question. And I mean, attendance doesn't teach us much about spiritual growth of yeah. an individual. <laughs> it is important to pay attention to. You should, you know, I think that we should be paying, especially for lots of reasons, but one of them is you, you might lose your job if you don't pay too close attention yeah. to it. Or if you lie about it, that's another way yeah. to lose your job. <laughs> well, on, on a practical level, how would you define who's on my roster? They've attended how many times in the last yeah. calendar? Oh, my, this is one of my favorite things to talk about. But um, <laughs> I just think it's a, I just think that this idea is uh, what Charles Duhigg would call a keystone habit. Mm. Like the, the habit of having an active roster, an accurate and active roster, will inform tons of the things you do and you will actually end up growing because of that. So we argued and said, what does it mean to be active? And we decided it was like they need to be here within the eight, last eight weeks. What we found was so many kids are not here within eight weeks that we were doing a ton of work putting kids back in or reactivating oh, kids. Yeah. And so it actually moved to be 16 weeks. If we haven't seen them or heard from them in 16 weeks, then we deactivated them. We didn't remove them. Yeah. But um, I just think that's an important thing you should pay attention to. Like you should never, I love to use the verb purge, purge a kid without knowing why. Yeah. You know, and if you will do that, your ministry will change. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. George, what do you feel like you usually hear? Yeah. I think the number, I, I was surprised that Crystal even said half. I, I was hearing once a month. Yeah. For, yeah. yeah. And, and it's really cool when we talk about measures because um, attendance is a lag measure. It already mm. happened. That's a number that yeah. has already happened. Uh, what's cool is when you start really trying to go after the lead measure, like for example, before a week happens before your program happens. Are you tracking how many touch points a student has had yep. before they even get there? Uh, how many times do your leaders reach out? How many times one notice or one communication form or another reaches a student and they engage yeah. with that? Um, makes a huge difference. Wait, that's what the the first thing I want to ask you all is to get some of your thoughts on the the difference between attendance and engagement because so often yes. in the game, right? Yeah, the focus was. Attendance. How many? How right. many are showing up on a on a regular basis? And to be honest, we. I mean, yeah. I still have those conversations right. on a regular basis because it can be helpful. We're not yeah. saying that that's not well, helpful. Mm-hmm. But what's the difference between attendance and engagement? Well, I think before we jump there, you talk to churches all the time, and I don't know if you would say this is true. I when people ask me how to get attendance up, it's almost always a question about how to get new kids to come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things I talk about is, you know, there's another way to get attendance yeah. up. You know, and that's to get kids to come more often. So. That's Which, something that's always bugged me because I've been in a couple of churches that cared about attendance, but what they meant by attendance was how full the room is. Yeah. Mm. And they they didn't notice that it was full of different kids each week. And yeah. there was this huge churn rate right. where kids were just cycling sure. out all the time. And I'm like, well, I think those kids still matter too. Yeah. So I wondered if, if we paid as much attention to retention as we did to yeah. attraction, what that would or look just, like. I mean, how often they're coming is a really interesting statistic. Yeah. And if you have a, a good attendance system that, that can tell you not just the number, but who is there, then you can start to dig in and ask questions like, well, what type of kid comes? How often? How are we doing in the different yeah. grade levels? How are we doing with guys versus girls? Yep. All those are important statistics. And again, statistics, not again, I'm going to say for the first time, you shouldn't be using statistics to drive your decisions. You use great statistics to ask better questions. Mm-hmm. To make better decisions. Yeah. And then hopefully that will result in, you know, well, it, increased all that stuff. And George, <laughs> you're talking about kind of lead indicators as far as far as engagement and attendance being kind of a, a, a lag indicator. So what what might that look like in a week? When we talk about engagement, all right, mm-hmm. we can't control attendance. 
for the most part. Yeah. But we can control engagement to some degree. And so what could some of those things look like that potentially could lead to more attendance because yeah. we've helped them be more engaged? So what does it look like for us to increase our efforts and engagement on a practical level? I think one thing that we look at is redefining frequency as a matter of consistency, like consistent connections with their leaders. How are we empowering mm. leaders to reach out um, yeah. consistently, consistent content? I mean, that is something that happens in your programming because like, let's just ask the question, do your students trust that if they bring a friend, we're not going to scare them off? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and then just the consistency of our students is proportional to the consistency of our leaders and mm. their ability to um, impact students and to reach out to make sure that they are um, contacting students. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. You know, one decision we made years ago was to not give the leaders the summers off and our attendance increased 30%. Mm. Oh. It was just overnight and it was so it makes you say why right and on behalf of all of us leaders everywhere <laughs> <sighs> yes <laughs> well it was also tied to our decision to have a co-leader and that's right so you know because we wanted to yeah, get, yeah. Yep. so we we still feel like you need to come back but it was an important aspect of it which makes me want i, I just want to ask the question because i think it helps guide like what to do like I call it the rainy Sunday morning principle. Like mm. you're lying in bed, the rain's hitting the roof just right. It's your one day to possibly sleep in this week as a student. Why do you get up and go? Mm. And we should think like that. Mm -hmm. Like, are we giving, are we creating an environment that's going to, and, and the reality is I love great music. I love great talks, but people at the, you know, after a while, somebody's going to miss me is going to yeah. be the number one mm -hmm. driver of attendance frequency. And so, you know, Mr. Tom's going to miss me or, you know, yeah, Jenny's going to miss me, whoever it is yeah. in the South. We call everybody Mr. Whatever if they're than us. But um, I think that matters, you know. Yeah. Well, and to me, that idea of engagement, really what it's doing is I might disagree with some of this language when I'm done because I'm an introvert and this is how I process out loud. But it's always good to record podcasts. It, it, help, <laughs> it helps keep the urgency of being there fresh. So if we're better at engagement, because, you know, when we like when we leave a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night, whenever it is, we probably, yeah, I'll be I'm, I'm going to be here next week for sure. Right. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, Wednesday at four comes along and you've yeah. got homework or Sunday morning, you know, comes along and it's raining and, and, and you're tired. And if the if the last piece of engagement you have to draw from was the previous week. Yeah then it's a lot easier to make that mm -hmm. decision to stay in bed or yeah. to not deal with it. But if there have been, George, like you're saying, you know, one or two interactions with my small group leader, if on social media, I'm doing everything I can as the ministry leader to, to, to stay engaged and to put out engaging content that is mm -hmm. helpful to them, that, that kind of keeps that urgency towards the top of my, of yeah. my thought process, it very much increases, I'm assuming, the likelihood that that I'm going to attend because yeah. I've thought about this right. multiple times over the right. last week and I've been connected to this, not just a week previously. Yeah. And the opposite's true. The further it's, the longer it's been since the last time you were connected, the easier it's going to be to stay in. Oh yeah. Just mm -hmm. see my college freshman, sophomore and junior year. Yeah. Well, <laughs> senior year as examples. Yeah. Real time. Um, 
So yeah, well, it's super. It gets super weird. Like, well, if I show up, people are going to make a big deal about like, oh, right. I haven't seen you. That's why I always always tell leaders never text. Hey, I haven't seen you in forever. Yeah, or never reply to someone who you haven't seen in forever. I haven't seen you in forever. Right, because that might be one That's of the main great. reasons they haven't come back the last couple of weeks. Because like we've all gotten the bad haircut and we don't want to go in public at all. Because <laughs> all we're going to have to do is explain to people, yes, I know, I got a bad haircut. And I think sometimes there's that same like, oh gosh, I haven't been around in a month. Gonna I'm going to have to explain to everybody. Yeah. Why I haven't been around in a month. So what do you what do you text? I haven't seen you in a while. What do you text? Just co- so this has crystal. been something going on in my own small group. Sweet. So we just crossed the line last year from sophomores when everybody shows up to juniors when nobody shows up, <laughs> <laughs> and this is a real thing. And and you know being in constant text conversations with them. But a few times during this year, I texted the entire group. It's not weird day. And if you haven't been in three weeks, four weeks, or four years, I just want you to know today's the day we're declaring it not weird for you to come back. <laughs> and every time one or two kids came back that hadn't been there in forever. Oh, in fact, great. one girl came back that hadn't been there in four years. She came as a freshman, wow. not four, three years. She came as a freshman, now they're juniors. And she was like, well, it wasn't, it was not weird day. So <laughs> I came back. That's awesome. And she's been with us for the rest of the year. So sometimes I think you have to, even though you don't text the kid, it's been a long time. I think you have to acknowledge that tension to the group yeah, of, yeah. hey, we get it. Sometimes well, I it think you weird. should you should look at your roster and yourself ask, who haven't I seen in a while? For sure. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and great churches, I know that they actually help keep track of how long it's been since you've seen, yeah. you know, a kid or maybe you should reach out yeah. to this kid. In my mind, if I know them, when I follow up with them, I'm asking about what is keeping them away. Like, you know, it's if it's lacrosse, if it's mm-hmm. baseball season, whatever it is, like, Hey Connor, how's baseball been going? Like yeah. that's my like that's my intro into it. Not that's hey, w- where you been? I know where you've been. And have you've you been at travel this? baseball. Have you noticed that your students automatically assume you're mad at them for not coming? Yeah. And I'm like, why? Why do you think I'm? They're like, oh, I'm it's so, so good sorry. To see you. Yeah. I'm so yeah. sorry. And I'm like, uh-huh. I'm not mad. Yeah. You play travel softball. It's fine. But yeah. it's weird that they assume we're mad. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. fine for your soul. But. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've talked about kind of the difference between attendance and engagement and how the better we get at engaging students outside, that does help increase frequency of attendance. But just what are some general thoughts in your experience? How do you get your students to show up more often? Yeah, I think there's something about letting students know what's coming, like Mm. giving them something to be excited about that, um, like what uh, Chef was saying about making sure that it's something that they want to be a part of, but also something that it's just not going to be the same if I'm not there. And what happens when they know what's coming is they feel like they're a part of it. It's not that, oh, I just showed up. I'm a part of something. I can I can see what's ahead and I want to be a part of that. And also I want my friends to be there, Yeah, uh, which is another huge aspect of how have we empowered our students to bring their friends and mm-hmm. invite them yeah. and make sure that it's an open door for new students to come, to engage uh, and do all the things that we're trying to cycle students through. Yeah. Because I think that we've all experienced that students' attendance is based sometimes on what other students are attending. Yeah. And so that is one way to increase their Almost frequency. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is if you if their friends are showing up more often, yeah. they're yeah. they're probably showing yeah. up more often. Yeah. If it's a totally free and open place for them to bring friends that are gonna show up, they're probably gonna yeah. show up more regularly. And I love what you're saying about letting them know, which means we've planned some things, you know, if you're like 90% of student ministries, you probably have a really strong fall and a pretty weak spring. But if you think about moving events to that springtime or moving something out of your way too busy fall 
to give kids something to look forward to. Look at your attendance patterns. I bet mm. that they spike at the beginning of school, then slowly drop, spike at the new year, then slowly drop. They drop pretty hard in the spring. But think about ways to, um, I get, it always frustrated me. It was like, yeah, that's just the way it is. Well, maybe we've trained everybody mm. mm-hmm. to make it just the way it is. Let's see if we can change that and give them something to look forward to. I always was make sure to program you know, I was always worried about eighth graders at the end of the middle school year. They were losing after Christmas, right? Mm. And so we would make sure to have an event. Events are a way to get people back and reengaged. So we would do Walking Wisely, which was a Disciple Now type thing. We would do the sex series. And then we would do a, a series about inviting your friends. And that kept the kids who were disengaging engaged, yeah. which meant they were showing up. And quality time comes from quantity time, mm. you know? So the more often they're here more chance we have of having those big life-changing conversations yep. you know chef i feel like what you're saying is they're probably and you, you might not be so you can say that's not <laughs> what i'm saying at all but i think what you're saying is there are some natural times in the year when there are off ramps for attendance where kids kind of fall off mm-hmm. and yeah. we can, if we can identify those off ramps we can create detours and make them on ramps. That's right. So we know they're going to fall off in May. What do we need to plan? Yeah. Is it an event? Is it a series? How do we redirect them in May to come back? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's just see if we can change, you know, retrain people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and to kind of go along with that, I think that there are all sorts of ways that we can help make transitions a little bit, a little bit better for when those off ramps are going to be especially within programs, like when people are moving from the fifth grade ministry to the middle school ministry or middle school ministry to high school ministry, how we handle those are either going to help increase their attendance or even get them to move from one thing to another, or it's just an off ramp and it's nearly impossible to, you know, to get them back regularly because we kind of dropped the ball when it came to helping them transition in a healthy way. That's a really big idea. There probably should be a podcast episode is focusing on the transitions. Mm. Cause I think if you look statistically on where kids and families are dropping off, it's between the time they finish something and the time they start something so that churches, if they really paid attention to elementary school to middle school, middle school to high school. And then uh, I just think it'll, and again, it's another keystone habit to think about. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think also there's some aspect of, equipping a student to make them feel like they are making a difference at the program. Yeah. So it's not that they're just showing up to consume, but they're there to make a difference. And that also rubs off on the other students who are there with them, the students that they might bring and, Hey, Hey, I want to be a part of this because I own it. This is something that uh, I'm putting on and I want to bring my friends to see it and be a part of it too. And there's a riskier element to that. Like we have less control as as the youth leaders in those situations when we hand some of those things off. And sometimes that might mean that things aren't done the way that we wanted them to be done or maybe in the same level that we could have pulled something off, at least in the beginning. But there's such a long-term value of being able to walk alongside of people, to be able to delegate, give them that responsibility. Because how much more likely is one of our students to invite one of their friends to come be a part of things or to get really excited about what they're doing when they do have that ownership involved? And it's not just like, hey, do you want to come watch my youth pastor do everything at my church for an hour? And sometimes I don't think it has to be as big as having a kid play music on stage or speak on stage. I mean, there have been kids in my group and where we have a larger ministry. So having them on stage is probably not going to happen often. Um, but even in our group, there've been moments where I've called a kid and been like, Hey, you bring a lot of fun and hype to the group. And when you're not there, 
it's not as fun. Yeah. So can you come this week and just be a little crazy? Because our group's been a little <laughs> not crazy lately. And the crazy kid shows up and they love that role. Mm. And they're like, that's what I do is I bring the fun. I bring the hype. And then, then on the flip side, you know, there are kids who are a lot quieter that I say, hey, you bring really deep questions. And I really love the questions you ask. And that hasn't happened lately because you haven't been around. Do you mind showing up this week and just bringing you yeah. to the group? And even in small group, it's like a, it's a small amount of ownership. Yep. Well, I think that's huge because now, again, it's relationship, right? I mean, you what you basically said was, without saying it, I think you add value and I miss you and yeah. I would like you there, right? Well, that's a powerful idea for a kid to hear because they're living in a world where they should be here. They're supposed to be here. They're required to be yeah. here. And someone's just saying, I miss you. I wish you were here. Mm. That's a really big deal. So again, lying in bed, it's raining, it's perfect. You know, like <sighs> I told Crystal I'd be there. Mm-hmm. That's going to get them to move. And that matters. You do that, uh, you know, 10 times across your ministry a Sunday through your volunteers yeah. or depending on the size of your ministry, that's going to matter. And again, quantity time leads to the quality time and it's just, it's important. All right. So let's get really practical. Uh, let's all think of that student that shows up probably once every four to six weeks and they're around. And if you ask them, Hey, do you go to church anywhere? They would say, yep, I go to blank church, which is your church. And they might show up probably at least at one or two events throughout the year, but they're just, it's, it's one every four to six weeks. Mm -hmm. What, what can we do as youth leaders to change that consistency? Maybe to, even if it's just to make it twice every six yeah. weeks or, you know, would be great every week or every other week. But what what are some things we can do? Right. I think a big part of that, I mean, just to, again, go off of the relational piece is just asking, like, do we know why this student hmm. is only here, every, you know, once every uh, four to six weeks? Do we know their name? Do we know what's going on in their family? Do we know what they're involved in? Do we know how we can coach our leaders to hit that student and really be able to, you know, show up at a game and get in contact with the parents and yeah. to ask those questions. It, it, there's something powerful when a kid is being asked like, hey, you know, what are you up to? You know, not that we go down the awkward trail of, you know, why aren't you here? Right. But instead, oh, a leader wants to get to know me. And, and it starts building that relational bridge that leads to more consistency. For at, sure. Well, at the very least, a desire to be a part of um, what's going on. Yeah. yeah, George, I'm so glad you said that because I, I know I've been a part of ministries and I think I've been guilty of this a lot of kind of guilting the kids who don't show up and like, come on, why haven't you been there? You know, you got to come this week, want to see you this week, but they all know that that feels kind of yeah. guilty. And sometimes they have really good reasons for not showing up every week. Like they don't drive. Like they don't drive. <laughs> Divorced like parents that Kelsey live in completely in my group different towns. Lives in completely different towns. Yep. She only comes to events because the events are on the weekend and that's when she lives with her mom in our town. And she doesn't need to feel guilty. Right. You know, every time she shows up. But then also like right Riley plays travel baseball and Kat has a really, really tough academic program and sometimes she really does have to do homework during those weeks. And so I want to be careful as a leader to not bolster my attendance while also bolstering their sense of yeah. guilt and shame mm-hmm. for not showing up. And if I, if I know why they're not showing up, it's easier for me to make a better choice about yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things we do is we talk to the crowd as if they were all here last week, which is an interesting, mm-hmm. you know, right. but in reality, I was just looking at a specific church's um, attendance statistics and what you just described 
as far as comes maybe six times a year to a couple events and six times a year, that was the majority oh, yeah. of the kids who would say they go to your church, they're part of your youth group. And though many times they do have good reasons, the other reasons are, it's just, that's just the culture. Yeah. And a lot of times as leaders, we have to, we have to really think strategically of how do I make the most of the time I'm going to get in this culture? Yeah. Um, as well, I think that if you do connect, you're going to see them come more often, but we need, that's more of our target than the kid who comes every week. In fact, this was a huge church. And do you know how many of the thousands of kids that over three years, you know how many perfect attendance kids there were? Zero. Zero. There was one. There wow. was? was? Did he get a ribbon? <laughs> Mercy. At it least was, a shirt. Who came every... But, Somebody get him a t-shirt. But yeah. the percentage was the kids who come most of the time was small. Like yeah. Half the time it, it would be the stat we used to use, but what they really figured out was there's a, there's a group that comes three quarters of the time, but the largest group comes six yeah. to eight times a year and two events. Well, so. for a little bit of a John Christ shout out, I think it's really important that we have to check our heart as leaders yeah. in these situations <laughs> too, because yeah. how how often is our ego and our self-worth driven by who's showing up? And so our concern with students, if we're honest, our concern with students who aren't showing up sometimes has less to do with them and their growth and their connections and their community. And it has more to do with, I feel better as a small group leader mm-hmm. when I've got seven to 10 that are there instead of two or three. I yeah. feel better as, you know, a, That's for a, sure youth, true. <laughs> a youth pastor who is, well, to be honest, I have seventh grade boys right now. And sometimes I do get more excited if only two or three show up. <laughs> um, but if I'm speaking on stage, I feel way better to a, a 90% filled room than a 40% filled, filled room. And so, well, it looks better at leadership team too, when the attendance goes. Exactly. And so, and so when we're thinking about this sort of a thing, I always think it's really important for us to put our egos in check and to think about, okay, so ultimately the concern, if a student isn't showing up frequently, that they're not, that they're not really connecting with their community, that they don't really have a place that they might have a safe place to be able to ask questions, to process what's happening in life. You know, they're not, they're not hearing consistently about, you know, this God that loves them and and all these different things. And so what can we do as leaders, if they're not showing up to get those things, how can we help make sure that those things are, are, are still present or present more often, even if they're, they're not here? Yeah, there's something that I mean, I'm basically repackaging what you just said a little bit. And I was always coaching teams that every single student and it doesn't matter which team I was talking to, but every single student, no matter if it was their first time, their first time in a uh, long time or they're there every time, they need three connections, a connection to another student, a connection to an adult leader and a connection to the purpose that, you know, God made them for like an understanding that. They're part of something bigger. Yeah. I just can't get away from that. These kids need connections. And there's something also about when you check your heart, you make sure that the kids who are there, they're going to be impacted. We're going to make a difference for the kids that are there. And hopefully that difference and that life change is going to be something that shows up again and again yep. and again and again. For sure. So this is a really challenging and, and obviously like most of these conversation are way more of a conversation than the 30, 45 minutes we actually get to talk about it. And so much is contextual. But any as we wrap up this version of the conversation, any any final thoughts or last pieces you would leave our partners and our listeners with? I've just been. And again, I, I uh, challenged at the last Orange Conference, I challenged the crowd to do this. I think you just need to pay attention to your active roster and what we were talking about earlier. 
when do I take a kid off that roster and why did they leave? Mm. I just feel like if you will commit to just doing that simple thing of never take a kid off the roster until I have known why, it will then start to get you bothered by how many small group leaders you need because they were the they would be the people who know the story as to why a kid leaves. You're going to lose kids because they're in divorce situations because they moved away, but you're also losing kids because they've chosen not to come. And if you dig into why they're choosing not to come, again, you've got to do what you've got to do, and kids should come to church and all those sorts of things. But you're going to learn a ton about what they really care about. And what they need is actually what they want. Mm -hmm. They need to be connected to an adult who's not their parents and connected to friends. I love that, George, that are supportive. They need to find a place of acceptance. And so it's going to drive your group size. It's going to drive tons of things. And you're going to find that you're losing kids early because they didn't get connected to a person or people. And, um, it's just going to drive you to do the right thing. So if you, I mean, it would be a challenge maybe for the next six months or 12 months, figure out how you're going to figure out your active roster and figure out what it means to take a kid off of it and never take a kid off without knowing why. And it's going to change a ton about what you do. And chef, I think such an important piece of that is we can't track those things if we're not tracking those things. Like we have to actually have systems that exist so that we can go back and we can figure out who who was here last April or who was here last August, and we can kind of compare some numbers. I know that so often in my own youth ministry, you know, there were such lackadaisical systems when it came to attendance and who was there and who wasn't there because I was trying so hard not to be numbers focused. But then I lost vast opportunities to really be able to connect with students and make sure that I was following up with students that were new or that weren't there. And so we've got to have some sort of systems in place that help keep track of this stuff, you know, not just so that we've got an answer for our senior pastor that says, hey, what do attendance patterns look like this year versus last year? But we can actually look back and say, what percentage are attending more than than twice a month? And how can that inform the kind of decisions that we make? Brett, I love that you said that because I think for a a lot of us, at least this was true for me, the system for tracking attendance was somebody's mom in the back of the room counting the heads in the room. And if that's the only system we have for attendance, we're missing it. And if we're measuring just the bodies in the room Mm -hmm. and not the engagement during the week and the consistency, as George said, talking to a leader, talking to somebody, consistency in those relationships during the week, we may be missing not only the most important number, but the most impressive number yeah. in our ministry. And there's nothing wrong with sharing impressive numbers with there you. There you go. Yeah. yeah. And there's, I mean, again, goes back to the heart too. It's, they are numbers, but if we look at them as names, yeah. you know, we can see, you know, does my heart break when um, I haven't seen this student who's been lost and, or does it break my heart when um, this name doesn't show up? Mm. Uh, I think that's a heart check for, our leaders and even as it drives things like momentum, you know, as it's the beginning of the year, uh, do we have names in mind when we plan our next week, our next service, our next worship set? Do we have names in mind when we think, oh, what happens if this student that I'm talking about, actually who's right in front of me, what if they're not here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that that makes a difference and it puts a lot more drive behind um, what we do. I love that, especially with this 
this season for us coming off of conference back in the spring and this idea of making things personal and it not always just being about numbers as a mass thing, but numbers as individuals and their stories and what they mean to the dynamic of, of their, of their community of this group. One final piece is your programs have to be worth showing up for. Right. So true. If we, if we've got three or four different programs that we've got, we're responsible for through the week and two of them are basically the same thing. Like there, there's just so many of practical discipleship strategy, program design pieces that, that have to be where they need to for, mm-hmm. for this to really end up getting where, Absolutely. where it needs to be, which can be a really hard thing because sometimes we don't get control over how many programs we're responsible mm-hmm. for. And there's only so many things you can do with teenagers in a week. So that can be a challenge. So as, as we're thinking through and designing our programming, it, it has to be something that's going to be worth their time. Yeah, I I think there's value in it being predictable enough that students know something good is going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. But we have to be careful that it's not so predictable that a kid yeah. can be sitting at their house and saying, I already know what they're going to talk yep. about. I already know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. We have to build in enough surprises that they just never know, and that's why they have to show up. And that they are going to understand how this applies to my life right that's now. So true. How, what's yeah. going to be, how am I going to be, how am I going to... How will I benefit by actually showing up this week? And and it's like, how do we get a kid to say, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and let's just throw it out there. It's got to be fun. Yeah. And kids love fun, right? Yeah. For those of us leading a ministry, there's this intrinsic feeling that I think we have like, oh yeah, they they need to be at this, but nobody else feels that. And so we've got to help build these to be something that is worthwhile. Yeah. And there's so many things that we do look at as we reflect on our programming and programs, but it's really coming down to how do we set up filters for ourselves that we make sure um, we're asking the right questions about our services. We're yeah. asking the right questions about our activities. We're asking the right questions about um, our leaders and are they empowered? And we're asking the right questions uh, about whenever a student shows up. I mean, from the moment they get out of their car, the moment they walk up those steps and through those doors, do we have the filters to see essentially from their eyes? Like, hmm. do we see what they're seeing? Absolutely, George, which should be super easy and everybody should have yeah. done by their next program. So um, no. just, just kidding. <laughs> like we know all of this takes a lot of time, a lot of energy. Uh, that's why we do this on a weekly basis. We get to jump into these conversations, continue to dive a little bit deeper into some of these things uh, and have these conversations with you, which we would love for you to also have with us. So when it comes to this idea of how do we increase student attendance frequency in your ministries, we'd love to hear what that looks like for you or maybe where you're struggling with that or patterns that you've seen. So we would love for you to join us on our Orange Students Facebook group. And the easiest way to join us there is head to rethinkingym.org. Click on this podcast on the show notes. You're going to see a link right there. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So until next time, thank you all so much for listening and have a great day.